let's uh let's do what we always do and just kind of dive in hello everybody and welcome to chaluminati podcast i guess we're calling these minisodes or like 0.5 episodes they're uh little in between i called episodes. it a bonus i called it a bonus shorty when i named the when i named the audition file I, just now i like it bonus shorty works for me <laughs> bonus, <laughs> bonus shorty dude <laughs> Well, uh, for those who don't know and who don't follow our Twitter, first follow our Twitter. Also, go onto our subreddit because I did an announcement there as well. But Jesse right now at is... At Chaluminati Pod. Hell us. yeah, dude. Hell yeah. At Chaluminati Pod pretty much everywhere uh, is where you can find us. Um, uh, if you don't know, Jesse is currently traveling abroad. Um, he did bring all of his recording equipment. He just got a little unlucky on his first hotel stint where he didn't have very good internet. Uh, so we're going to be... He was make... also in the bottom of a salt mine in Poland. Was that so. where his hotel room was too? I have I have no idea. I was just <clears throat> that's where he was. So it was like a very weird place for him. It looked awesome though. I yeah, I'm it did. Very I'm jealous. Very jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. Um, but he's gonna be in a new hotel soon, and we're gonna make a second a, a second attempt at doing the full on episode. I'm not gonna spoil what we're doing here, um, but I'm excited to to cover that. But in between, we wanted to make yeah. sure we give you a show and. Much like the first mini-sode, this is going to be Alex Helmed. Uh, he's got, all I know is an interesting story about a topic I won't spoil. And uh, I we're going to talk about it because I like the topic a lot. I've done some research. And much like many topics that I've researched, these can easily be connected to aliens in some way. Because yes. that's just so how this, this world works. Yeah, so as I have hinted at a few times, I have been doing uh, like a... A com like a comedically in depth amount of research about um, like alternate universes. Yeah, lately, and that's like kind of like the overarching theme of like probably what I will eventually present to you someday. If just research takes a really long time, I I, f I feel like people don't really understand that. Like if you really want to do like n not just looking up something in a book that somebody already wrote. If you really want to do research, it's a very long process. To like pull it out and yeah. make it into something reportable. Yeah, and, and and a lot of the time too, just to kind of go off on that, um, you know, these episodes that we do are, are like usually about two weeks worth of research for me. Um, but when we are looking at something like a multi-parter, just a, I know people are really excited to talk about Skinwalker Ranch in the future because I've teased it right. a little bit. Um, for that alone, that's going to be a multi-parter in which I pulled in a voluntary research assistant. So like. To be able to, to hit the bigger things, it's a lot. You have to read books. You have to deep dive into the internet where those terrible websites are. There's, like, a ton of documentaries you could watch on pretty much any weird subject you want. Yeah, and it's 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 a lot of fun for me just to, like, do oh, yeah. research. Like, it's I great. really enjoy doing it. Um, but it also definitely takes me some weird places. And so I – look like, let me, let me walk you up to, like, how I got here. And then basically it's going to go, like – this guy wrote the notes for like a short episode <laughs> on on this topic. So the topic, first of all, that we're going to be talking about today is doppelgangers. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a weird topic already because it's not totally something from myth. Like it's kind of just like if you boil it down, right? It's just like somebody that looks like somebody else. Like yep. if you if you boil it down, but like what it is in the like supernatural sense is like seeing somebody that is the same as someone, like exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's them. Maybe they're two places at once. Maybe it's like an evil clone of them. There's a lot of different ways that doppelganging, I don't, I don't know what you call <laughs> doppelgang it. Doppelganging. 
Doppel gang banging. There's a lot of different. Too bad Jesse's not here for that. He I know he would have loved that. <laughs> he would sign. You, you oh, he would have loved if that. Jesse, if Jesse was here, he'd be like, I'd doppel gang bang all my own doppelgangers. You know he yeah, would. I'd, I'd doppel gang bang a wolf man. That's, that's his. <laughs> that, that's his end game. Uh, but uh, so basically, so basically, what happened was I read a crazy story online, and like traced it back like a million fucking times because they always just show up. A billion times, like, it's crazy, like, especially with, like, paranormal shit, how much just, like, straight up copy-pasting is going on all oh, the goddamn yeah. time. Yep. And so I traced this story that I found all the way back, and I'm not going to get into what that story's about now, because that's going to spoil the later thing, but it led me to a man named Paul Begg, B-E-G-G, and nowadays, if you look that guy up, he's a, um, he's mostly, like, a Jack the Ripper oh, researcher. Okay. Like, he does a lot of, like... You know, like sort of like fringe stuff. Not, I don't want to say fringe, but like he's 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 like going in depth into some aspects of the Jack the Ripper myth- mythos that are like less substantiated or like new takes. And uh, you know, I don't know. There's I don't know how legitimate any speculation can be about Jack the Ripper at this point. But he's he's one of the he's respected in this field. He's like not he's not like some crazy guy. He's like res- respected. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 not what most alien researchers I come across are. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. He's like a legitimate dude, but I, you know, this book that I have in my hands here that I ordered as the source of that other story uh, to get to the bottom of it is from 1981. Okay. The edition, the, the edition that I'm holding in my hand, and it's, and, it's, and it's a first printing, and it is called The Directory of Possibilities, and Ooh. I wish you could see this book. It's like purple and pink. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, it has a crazy ass font on it, and it's like a little bit bigger than you would expect, which is like very cool. Oh yeah, that's a cool looking cover. Right on the cover, it says "Truth is stranger than fiction." More than five hundred spectacular supernatural phenomena that are possible. I think we all know exactly what kind of book this is. Yeah, I mean, I seen- I have from my last or the trip before my last trip, I think uh, I picked up two books. This one I I picked up Edge of, Mor- uh, Edge of Reality, but I also picked up the 60 greatest conspiracy theories of all time. So you can imagine yeah. like that kind of thing. Book of the Weird. Yeah. I have like some like Reader's Digest books that are called like, you know, unexplained phenomena. Mhm. Like but it's like a Reader's Digest, so like who knows where it's coming from. Um <laughs> but this one is really neat because I, I I like this is this is this is interesting to me because like so basically like they just like reference stuff in this book and then there's no like glossary right which like on the one hand is frustrating because like you know okay, then they could just be making stuff up right yeah you want to be able to check the sources like it's one yeah. of the most important things about doing something like this uh, is is being able to trace back sources and figure out where things originate from because taking things at, at at face value especially in this field is very very dumb. Don't do that. Right, exactly. And so I felt kind of like, I felt kind of weird about this if I was going to like present this as fact to you guys, but I'm going to present it to you as a reading from this book and we're going to like break it down and talk about it a little bit and Mm -hmm. like how weird it is. Uh, So, you know, we can, we can like take it with a grain of salt. Uh, But I actually reached out to Paul Begg about the other uh, thing that I was researching into, and he actually like wrote me back. That's awesome. And yeah, and uh, so one of the things in here he wrote, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that was like totally unsubstantiated in the book. But he actually like sent me down a course that I like was able to fo- find some further leads on. So I don't 
want to say that every single I can say from actually researching it myself that not every single thing in this book is completely a fabrication. And so for that reason, I think it's fun to read from something like this and, you know, just to consider it as a relic of the supernatural sort of like lore that's out there from the 80s. I present to you the section from this book on doppelgangers and we're going to get right into it because it's a good it's a good little it's a good little segment. Hell yeah. Let's go. Doppelgangers, phantasms of the living, <laughs> are among the commonest but also the most puzzling forms of apparitions. And origin- I, I immediately like this because I have never thought of doppelgangers as ghosts of people that are alive. But that is a great way to describe a doppelganger. I immediately want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so my first love, as far as paranormal is concerned, before aliens really absorbed like my my major fascination, uh, ghosts ghosts were my big thing. I think I even told you and Jesse uh, I'd love to drag you and the, like the whole scary game squad on like a real life ghost hunt one day because I have yes. equipment and all that other stuff for it. However, yes. there is this theory um, that I've read before and actually came across a second time not too long ago uh, about what ghosts could potentially be. And while there's obviously the theory that ghosts are all dead people, what they what it could be is that ghosts are you encountering someone, even the possibility of encountering encountering yourself at, at a different time. Like it's a it's a, a thin fabric in in the the time space continuum. If you want to use like kind of Star Trekky words, I guess. Uh, sure. In that in that um, as an example, there there's a a ghost hunter that I I follow still to this day who said um, at one point during his team was was encountering uh, EVPs and uh, obviously you don't hear what an EVP is electro voice phenom- electronic voice phenomenon it's a voice that you can only catch playing back on you uh, when you uh, on a tape recorder or whatever you're recorded on and as they were asking questions the 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 ghost voice they heard was also asking questions back like where are you or I hear you but I don't see you and that oh. immediately opens up the possibility that whoever they were talking to, because they were calling her by name, and she was responding to that name, um, and was it, it really it opened questions. It was like, well, maybe they're not talking to the, the. It's possible it's the ghost, right? It's possible it's her spirit stuck forever, or it's a possibility that in at her time, where she where she was alive, she was hearing these voices that she perceived as ghostly and phantasmal. Uh, and that they were literally speaking to each other in a way uh, across time and space. Um, I would love to do a study on like what people used to say to ghosts back in the 1800s. Yeah, and, and whether it's any there's any correlation between that and what people say ghosts say. Right. It's, it's wild. very interesting. But the, he also used another ex- example, and the the example's a little vague on it because it was a while ago. I'm just remembering it. Um, in that the. Uh, he had walked into a room and was did like an EVP session not long, and then he ended up walking out. And uh, he sent somebody else into the room to sit in the room and do like a longer EVP session and chill. And she, the lady who who she he sent EVP session and chill. Yeah, like just sit in the dark, quiet, ask questions, you know that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and she said she saw a shadow person walk in, lean up against the bed, was there for a few seconds, and then walked out and disappeared. And oh my God. when she explained that to him, he said those were the actions that he actually took, where he walked in, leaned against the bed, asked a few questions and left, and then sent her in. So, you know, the questions are raised. Well, did she see the shadow of what he did in the past? Is is where they are Whoa. or where all these are where all these hauntings happen? Are these weird, like, 
thin areas when it comes to time and space. And again, all of the things that I'm saying, you know, I also take with a grain of salt because there's no real way to prove it. And it's so 1800s-y. Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. But I, I like apologize. Ambrose Beers. The so the idea that you're throwing out is the the idea that maybe you're you know they're entities that of, of people that are not dead or whatever or future. Uh, I've heard that before. So continue. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis Spence has described the doppelganger or double as the etheric counterpart of the physical body, which may temporarily move about in space. Mm. In, his, uh, in his autobiography, Yeats writes, One afternoon I was thinking very intently, and that's William Butler Yeats, I imagine. Mm. One, one afternoon I was thinking very intently of a fellow student for whom I had a message. In a couple of days I got a letter from a place some hundreds of miles away where the student was. On the afternoon when I had been thinking so intently, I had suddenly appeared there amid a crowd of people in a hotel and seeming as solid as if in the flesh. My fellow student had seen me, but no one else, and had asked me to come again when the people had gone. I had vanished, but had come again in the middle of the night and given him the message. I myself had no knowledge of either apparition. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this at first sounds as if Yates' desire to pass on the message could have produced telepathic contact with the student, but since he returned on request to deliver the message, this seems unlikely. The doppelganger behaved like a person with a will of his own, and this raises one of the oddest problems encountered in such cases. It seems as if the double is quite unconnected with the conscious ego. It may even cause it distress and embarrassment. That's interesting. Have you ever heard, oh God, what's the word where you can physically or psychically rather manifest like a separate personality because of the T, I feel like. Uh, a tulpa? Uh, tulpa? Have tul- you heard of yeah, tulpas that, before? I think that's actually right. Yeah. Yeah. Tulpa is, a, oh yeah, here it is. Tulpa is a concept in mysticism in the paranormal of being an, of a being or object which is created through spiritual and mental powers. It was adapted by 20, 20th century theosophists. From Tibetan sprupa, which means emanation or manifestation. The idea of you creating a separate personality or a separate being that exists purely psychically. Um, like it emanates from your own mind, though? Yeah. Like it's, it's a separate it's, consciousness? Yeah, it's, it's a, it, there's a lot involved in it. And it's been, a, to be honest, it's been a while since I've really dove into the tulpas. Sure. Um, but if you look up, it seems, yeah, let me give, I'll give you a quick explanation on the wiki page of what a tulpa is. Uh, tulpas are seemingly sentient, autonomous, mental companions subjectively experienced by the psychonaut, which I love that term just because of the game, yeah. uh, as a separate being with their own agency, emotions, preferences, thoughts, and character. They can be likened to a separate mental consciousness existing al- alongside the psychonaut. Now, when they say psychonaut, they're talking about the person who created the tulpa. Yeah, um, like the person who's going on this psychic endeavor. Yeah, yeah more <laughs> or less, yeah. Uh, Tulpas can be considered as a type of autonomous entity uh, distinguished by their persistence in continuity over time. This is opposed to hallucinogen-induced autonomous entities, which only persist throughout the substance's duration or action uh, or dream characters that cease to exist upon waking. Basically, That's things... like produced by conscious effort, basically. Yeah, basically. like uh, Hallucinogens are basically things that are generated by drugs or dreams, more or less. Interesting. Um, also, unlike autonomous entities... Tulpas are often the product of intentional creation, starting with an idea of their characteristics and developed into a robust mental companion capable of meaningful interaction and communication through sustained meditative a- attention. So that I mean, is, there's, that there's is a, very interesting that you say that. Yeah, they just it came up. To, it it kind of reminded me of of tulpas in general. 
Um, yeah. Probably not the same, but maybe in the same fa- similar family if we were to believe that this actually happened. Is it is it more like a spell or is it more like a mental phenomenon? It's more of a mental thing. It's it's more you're inducing medita- meditation and over the course of, of many meditations and with very clear goals in mind, you're literally trying to create the second, the second entity that is either like controlled via your subconscious because you're not directly controlling it or it's something a little bit more paranormal than we like to admit we don't know do you think you could do you think you could do it by accident you think it's possible oh i think if these things are possible and and, and any of the stuff is possible i think accidental creation of these things is probably more common than we want to believe i i feel like when when a person is in a, a point of uh, of high stress or high trauma or high any any type of emotion, I think we're more right. we're more inclined to do things subconsciously with our own minds than where we we're aware of. And I feel like things like this could happen if if it's true. Well, check this out. So check this hit, out. It goes on. Me. It goes on. Emily Saget, an attractive French schoolmistress, lost 18 jobs in 16 years between 1829 and 1845 because her astral double had a habit of appearing beside her, terrifying her pupils. On a typical occasion, Emily was picking flowers in the garden in full view of a class of girls whose teacher had gone off to consult the headmistress. Suddenly, Emily's form appeared in the teacher's chair. Two girls tried to touch her and said she felt like muslin. Emily later said that she had looked into the room, noticed the teacher was away, and had felt worried about discipline, so the double was apparently a spontaneous projection, unwilled and unintended. One girl remarked that the real Emily in the garden became very pale when her double appeared in the classroom. That's wild. I don't know yeah. how I would feel <laughs> like if that ever happened to me and what I would like just see myself in the room. You think yeah. there would be more... T- <sighs> when, when did this happen again? According to this, which has no sources, mind you. Right, so true. Grain of, so grain of salt. Uh, it, it occurred between 1829 and 1845 okay. in France. So sometime in the late 1800s, which is really hard to get sources from other than word of mouth at that point. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's um, pretty much what every source is when it comes down to it, right? Yeah, of course. Unless, there, unless there's cameras that exist. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, doppelgangers are fascinating in general to me. They, I mean, they've been referenced in and around since... Back in like the Shakespearean days, if you think about it. Um, yeah, I wish I could like I wish I could like track paranormal activity and see if it lines up with like fashion trends. Yeah, I, th- that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, like even thinking back uh, and doing just just general research while you're talking about it, and like how far back do doppelgangers go as far as stories are concerned? I mean, Edgar Allan Poe was writing about them, but that was later on anyway. Uh, but yeah. if you look even further back, like the, the mythology of Narcissus. Of him falling in love with himself and his own reflection and stuff is kind of an early kind of uh, the same thing, yeah. Alluding to something similar, um, it's cool because uh, doppelgangers for me, I've always, I've always kind of likened doppelgangers to paranormal, uh, where maybe some spirits or ghosts or not so nice spirits are usually tormenting the person that they're trying to pretend to be, um, right? Like they're and- like fucking with them like when nobody's looking and shit yeah or like they when someone's home alone or they think they're not home alone and they hear their mother or see their mother walking up the stairs or calling their name and when they go up there the mother's not home at all and she hasn't been home for like two hours like that kind of there's a lot of those stories out there that are terrifying um luckily i've never had any kind of encounter with those but doppelgangers in general never seem like they're there to be good 
almost always. Almost they almost are always there to cause problems. Problems or like they're just scary. It's never like a doppelganger yeah. came to me and like saved me. Yeah, no, my, my doppelganger never showed up and gave me a sweet high five and said, you look good today, and then left. Right, that, even that like in time happened. travel, it's like not usually a good reason you see him. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's almost always bad. Or they can represent bad omens a lot of the time, too. Um, they, I find doppelgangers an interesting subject, and they, they kind of touch every corner of paranormal research as well. Yeah, Ghosts, they're, 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 they're like almost, they're almost on the border of like generic Western fairy tale. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, even mythology when it comes to fae and the fairies and stuff that are, that are in legend and, and even in the that eat their way into tabletop role playing systems, if you want to go that crazy, um, the idea of like fae kidnapping somebody and then replacing them with a doppelganger, uh, somebody that looks exactly like acts exactly like the person that they've kidnapped, but they're made of inanimate materials that are magically made to look like they're they're who are who were who was kidnapped. Yeah. Um, which is also horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the other thing that's weird is the idea that like it could be a part of you that like breaks off from you. Almost yeah, like a, like a psychic piece of your brain, and, yeah. like manifesting itself that like also decides it wants to be alive or something, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. But then you uh, know, but then then you have the question, of course, and we can't answer it. But the question of like, if that's the case, how are they making themselves able to be seen by anyone other than you? Exactly, exactly, and that's the thing that's, like, kind of screwed up about it, and it makes you think about, like, what your own physical presence actually is. Um, right. But, I mean, you know, of course, this is in the realm of, like, almost, like, literary pseudoscience at this point. Like, we're, like, almost talking about, like, Charles Dickens or something, you know? It's yeah, like really yeah, yeah, weird. of course. Um, but for this next bit, you need to know about the fact that uh, what the Glastonbury scripts are uh, and only in the only in the sense that you need to know that they're automatic writing, which means that it's writing somebody did that is not purported to have been by their own hand, but rather channeled through their hand. Which is always what? always a little suspect in my mind, um, just yeah. because it's it's hard to be. You can't prove it. You can't be like, well, he definitely was using his own mind. You you don't know, right? Uh, but the book goes on. In the case of the Glastonbury scripts, the communicator who claimed to be a monk called Johannes made the interesting remark, uh, and this is the person, I believe, who was the actual writer, if you know what I mean, the spiritual writer. Right, right. I get what you're saying. The entity? Yep. Yeah. Uh, why, this is what the, the entity said. Why cling I to that which is not? It is I and it is not I, but part of me which dwelleth in the past and is bound to that which my carnal soul loved and called home these many years. Yet I, Johannes, am of many parts, and ye better part doeth other things. And certainly the study of... And that's the end of the quote. And certainly gotcha. the study of cases of doppelgangers and vardgoers as well as of multiple personality suggests that our mind, even our personalities, may be of many parts. Okay? Now this is again illustrated by another celebrated case. Okay? I have not heard of this before, but apparently it's very celebrated. Uh, <laughs> uh, S.G. Soul. His name is spelled like Cole, but it sounds like Soul. SG Soul okay. had been at school with a boy named Gordon Davis. In 1920, he heard that Davis had been killed in the war. In 1921, Soul was at a seance at which his brother Frank, also killed in the war, was apparently communicating. Frank then, his brother Frank, then introduced Davis, who gave many factual details about himself. 
Davis returned at a later seance and spoke about the house he used to live in. He explained that it was not in a street, more like half a street, and that there was something like a veranda in front of the house. The name of the street, he said, contained E-S, like S. Okay. He described the interior of the house in some detail, including a mirror, pictures, and two funny brass candlesticks. <laughs> okay. In due course, Seoul located the house in Eastern Esplanade, two S's. Okay. South End, an Esplanade facing the sea could be described as half a street because there's only houses on one side. There was a bus shelter opposite the house. The description of the inside proved to be remarkably accurate, but Davis was still alive and living there, and he had no knowledge whatever of his appearance at the seances. Wait, so his friend didn't die? He didn't know it was it was a guy that he went to school with that he heard right. had been killed. So he never really knew him in life, but he heard that he had been killed in the war. And then his brother, the ghost of his dead brother, who he knew died in the war, brought this other guy to him. And the guy like gave details about himself. Gotcha. And, then they, and then they found the house based off the details that the ghost gave him. And when they got there, they found the guy still living there. And indeed, I'm assuming he had no idea what exactly. they were talking about. Exactly. And Aldous Huxley apparently used a similar situation in his play called The World of Light. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's just an example of it being, like, unconscious and maybe, like, somehow, like, maybe ghosts aren't necessarily only of dead people. Like, maybe we're just looking for the dead people because, like, you know, we miss them and stuff. Like, maybe there's something to the nature of ghosts that, you know, we well, don't know about that makes it possible for them to be well, you know, probably made also by living people tie the idea of ghosts to to the dead due to just a lot of mythology and religion of the idea of like once you die your spirit goes on and does its own thing and goes to heaven or hell or whatever it is you believe in so the idea of tying the the dead you know to to ghosts and stuff i feel like was probably ingrained in us a really really long time ago but the but you know there's that other theory that you know, ghosts aren't necessarily just the dead. When you die, you're conscious. There's that that other dimension or realm of being. That other, what do you call it? Um, you 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 elevate to a higher plane of existence. You still continue to exist, but you no longer have your physical body. And there are already aspects of you that exist in that particular dimension that you can maybe contact through seance or whatever other uh, alternatives you may have. Um, and that when you die, that's the only part of you that's left. Is this this part of you that exists on this other? I don't want to say sort of fourth. like the, that's sort of like the basic understanding that we all have without getting too like religious about it, right? Yeah, exactly. So I I firmly believe that if if ghosts exist, I would it would not surprise me at all if there was other living people that are able to project themselves unconsciously or whatever to this ghostly. In this ghostly manner to make contact, I guess. Yeah, but it also... Okay, the book also says, though, that it does seem possible for people to project themselves consciously. Okay. Astral projection. Yeah, a well-known case cited by Myers in a, hu a book that he wrote called Human Personality and Its Survival of Bodily Death. A pretty perfect subject for a book. Right? <laughs> uh, I have not looked up whether or not that book exists, so... Go crazy, internet. Uh, concerned a young man named S.H. Beard who told his fiance L.S. Verity, that he would attempt to project himself to her house. He made a powerful effort of concentration and was seen not only by Verity, but by her 11-year-old sister. 
And similarly, John Cowper Powis. I'm not even going to tell you how to spell that. Well, actually, I yep. will because you, you might want to look it up. John is spelled like J-O-H-N. Cowper mm-hmm. is spelled K C O W P E R C O W P E R, And his last name, Powis, is spelled P-O-W-Y-S. Damn. Powis. Okay. Powis. Similarly, John Cowper Powis projected himself into the sitting room of his friend Theodore Dreiser. Powis had dined with Dreiser in his New York apartment and left hurriedly to catch his train back to a town on the Hudson. On the Hudson, as he left, he told Dreiser that he would appear to him later. Dreiser assumed he was joking, but two hours later, Dreiser looked up from his book to see Powis standing in the doorway. Dreiser stood up, saying, "Well, you've kept your word. Now tell me how you did it." And as he moved toward his friend, Powis vanished. He immediately rang Powis at home, but Powis refused then or later to say how he quote unquote did it. So perhaps there's a totally, I mean, obviously, let's just go into this episode assuming that none of these stories are true and that everything that I've been reading. I like to believe, I like to believe Powis told these people he was going to appear to give himself an excuse to creep on them. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, I don't like. that's the only thing I can think like, otherwise, you know, like, I'm just saying like, assuming this is all fake, right? Right. Let's look at the evidence here and let's say. You know, if he can do it in this cheeky-ass way, that there's probably not a spiritual angle to at least one way of doing this, you know, on purpose. Right. Like, you could maybe, maybe there's a trick to this, possibly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if he's doing it in some way and he's doing it kind of like a parlor trick or an illusion of some sort, dude's a good magician, if it happened. Um the idea when you said he just appeared in front of the eleven-year-old sister, I was like, "Oh, creepy." All right, let's not, Mister. Let's not do that. Okay. It's uh, it's weird. It's weird to think about. But like, could I do it? Like, how is it possible? Like, it, I always think about that. Like, is it possible that humans can do this if they believe in themselves, but we're just like so cynical that we know it's impossible? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting way to think about it too. That we've convinced ourselves so thoroughly that it's impossible that our brains are now shut off from the possibility of doing it. It also feeds in the idea that children are more open and can see more weird shit than we can because they haven't been beaten down, you know, mentally by adults saying none of this is real. Yeah. Which I I find wildly interesting as well. Um, It's also that, that whole idea of mentally closing yourself off feeds into aliens as well, where, where the idea of an, of an abduction scenario that aliens are both a physical phenomena as, as equally as they are a psychic phenomena, uh, that they are able to only abduct those or eat more easily abduct those that are already more open to the experience because there's that boundary between their reality and our reality that is made more thin when your mind is more open to those ideas and you believe so fully that they can happen that aliens can grab you a little easier. Um, but Interesting. That, yeah, I don't know. I, I, not to always keep going back to aliens, but have you ever had that? Like, have you? did you ever hear about that? How aliens are an equally psychic and, and physical manifestation in equal parts? Yes. I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've definitely, like, read that theory on aliens. But to me, when you start talking like that and we talk about ghosts and stuff, sometimes when you, you know, go down the rabbit holes of this line of thinking, mm-hmm. it's like this sort of, like, pseudoscience sort of like paranormal line of thinking everything starts to sound like different versions like different explanations of like the same thing yeah it really does it really does yeah and I, it's really was, weird and i wonder what that thing is yeah and i mean i'd love to have that answer 
while I'm still alive, obviously. Um, but you, you, you do kind of poke at something that I feel like I've heard people talk about before. Like the more you deep in, deep dive into this stuff, the more threads you see connected to all of the paranormal occurrences. And you can go one of two ways. You can go the more open-minded, like, well, if they're all connected, maybe they're all coming from something, a, a similar place or a similar idea. Uh, and you can go down the rabbit hole of, is our reality a simulation and all that nonsense? Or you could go where Jesse would probably go and be like, well, they're all connected because everything's rooting from the same mythology that we're all drawing from. Well, everybody in, around the world has different mythologies. They all have a very similar root base. Um, and Jesse could, would say, Jesse would say that that root is that everybody is lying in likes fame. That, that's, but you, the thing is like as simple as that as explanation is, you can't discount humanity's need to be popular. I think like, he's probably right. Uh, yeah, I do too. Unfortunately, but you know, it's fun to talk about because there's always these other, these other ways of thinking about it. And in the case of Doppelganger specifically, the book goes on that on the left and right, hypotheses already, uh, hypotheses already discussed. We may theorize that doppelgangers are basically telepathic images projected by the right cerebral hemisphere of, or the unconscious. Mm-hmm. This certainly fits the majority of cases, as it also fits Andrew Green's story of the woman in the telephone kiosk, which is only available to hear in this book, and I will get to in a minute. Uh, but yet, it is hard to see how such a telepathic image could be seen by a whole class, as in the Sagay case. Here we are forced to give serious consideration to Spence's suggestion that the doppelganger is the astral double. And Ooh. I think both are you know, equally you know, hard to swallow pills, but yeah, of course one, you know, it's about like one thing, which I think is a lot more likely, right. Which is like the untapped power of the human mind. I yes. mean, there's a million sci-fi stories about that. And you know, a lot of the things that have been my problems over the years turn out to be something that's in my own brain, mm-hmm. you know, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if even ghosts were that, but yeah, I mean, it, a lot of experiences you can always trace. If if you have personal experiences, at least for my end, I can always trace them back to a point in time where I was like half asleep or not in a fully conscious state. Yeah, and it's 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 strange to think about that. But also, you know, there is also the possibility that it could be some sort of spirit or, you know, whatever entity power that emanates from you that is like some part of maybe maybe science maybe something else maybe nature i don't i don't really know you know what else whatever that could be like i feel like that is the possibility that we have the least equipped to comprehend yes i'm still waiting for the day government steps down it's like aliens are real by the way um that i think could happen i I, think that is more likely to happen than a lot of people are willing to admit (laughs) yeah and that is that is it for this section on on uh, doppelgangers. I want to give credit to the actual author of that segment, who is a man named Colin Wilson, uh, who is credited as a writer on many subjects, notably psychology and the paranormal. Cool. Um, but uh, before I go, is do you have a do you have a weird uh, doppelganger story or anything that fits into this? Uh, God, man, this I wish I did. I wish I had like a personal like doppelganger story of my life, but I, I don't other than the fact that I've read into doppelgangers and they, they do pop up occasionally when you are in this line of, of research, uh, because even things as simple as uh, talking back about skinwalkers, which was episode two for us, uh, skinwalkers have a tendency of taking the shape of things you're familiar with or things you love uh, to, to bring down your, your defenses. Um, I will say, I don't, I don't want to say I hope something weird happens to me um, that would be considered dangerous. It would be comforting almost, right? 
Yeah, like, I'm down, like, if I get abducted by aliens or I encounter a ghost or a doppelganger, we started this podcast for a reason, and I am. I hope we have ways, you know, if it happens, I hope we can get the word out there. Because I think out of the three of us, while we're all skeptical, some of us more so than others, we want answers. And that's the reason we even started this in the first place, because we're so interested in the truth and what's actually happening, that there's enough out there to throw doubt, enough uh, doubt out there to make us question what is actually real and what isn't what about you do you have a doppelganger story so sort of i do sort of so this this is like one of these weird stories right um and it's like hard to verify because i'm talking about a video that i don't have that i don't have anymore okay okay uh which sucks but i this this really did happen to me uh, at least, you know, I'm I'm saying it did. So, you know, if you want to believe me, you can. Uh, it was a really weird story. Um, my brother and I kind of lived in like a, like a, um, what do you call it? Like a condo complex? Co- like a, you know, like a, where all the houses look the same? Yep. Like uh, it's, not, it's not quite a suburb, but it's like they're condos and they're all like in a little like complex together. Mm-hmm. Like a homeowners association type vibe, right? So there's not a lot of like foot traffic, you know, and you know a lot of old people live there, so it's very quiet. And so like me and him, we'd like screw around uh, all the time, and we'd like run around outside, and nobody was there to tell us not to do anything. And it was really like a good free childhood, which was really fun. And at the time that we were young, like Jackass was a really big thing, and so we had a camera, and we'd like film ourselves doing dumb shit all the time, and. uh one of the things that we used to do was pranks, and so we'd, like, do, like, a, uh, like, my brother, we'd, like, throw my brother in a bush, and he'd have an air horn, and I'd, like, go <laughs> across the street from him and film the area where he was in the bush and, like, film people walking by getting scared by the air horn, right? Yeah, and all right, so that, I got you. Little, being little shits, I got you. Yeah, it's, it's shitty that I did that, but, like, I did it. It was in Jackass. The movie is really funny. Nice. Um, but, uh, so basically we saw this very old Japanese woman who lived up the street coming down the street, uh, towards us. And, um, we were really excited because, you know, it was like the perfect prey. She was like a very quiet old lady. We were going to like, just give her a little, beep, not, nothing too crazy. You know, just, just, just a little, a little, a little jump. I get you. Yeah. We're not trying to kill this lady. Um, <laughs> And so I was, I was hiding in the bushes across the street because uh, I was filming, and my brother was in the bushes, like, right next to her. Uh, okay. And um, I filmed it, and nothing happened. And when he, when he did the beep, like, nothing happened. Like, she just didn't react to it at all, and I, like, thought right. that was really funny. But I was, like, you know, looking at the footage and stuff. And... um. When we watched it back, my brother watched it back first, and he was, like, really weirded out by it. And he was like, this is, like, I don't... He was like, this is really weird. Like, will you look at this? And I looked at it, and there were two. Two? Uh, there were two ladies walking next really? to each other that were both... the like. It looked like the same lady. Like, it almost looked like twins walking. But there was only one when you were th- like there in person. There was only one, yeah. And the weirdest thing about it was that I don't, 
personally remember her doing this. She definitely could have because I was definitely like laughing at the fact that she didn't respond. Yeah. But in the footage that I remember watching, and you know, granted, this is warped by my childhood, and I couldn't tell you where this footage is now, but this is a real bona fide story, was that in the footage, she turns and looks almost directly into my lens. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, just one, just the one. Just the one that was dressed the way that we remember, because I remember for sure, because after it happened, we ran up the street, and it was just the one lady. That's so weird. Yeah. So that was actually a pretty freaky-deaky little story, and I wish that I could, like, substantiate it in some way, but, you know, if I did, then I would be famous because I would have proved ghosts exist. <laughs> That's wild. I actually – you're talking about, like, this idea of ghosts and stuff, and I'm actually right now trolling through my phone because a few months ago, as just a side story, and I will find it. I have the video, and I know my sister has the video if I don't. And I was out hanging out. It's right before Christmas, I think. Right. Um, and uh, I was taking we – was, I was out to dinner with my me, my sister, my niece, and my nephew, and my dad. And uh-huh. we were at uh, – it was like we went out to lunch. Uh, I, I might have said dinner. I meant lunch. It's like noon. Dead restaurant, middle of the weekday, just chilling. And I was taking pictures of me and my nephew, and I was making videos of me and my nephew. And he was being silly, and he was, uh, like, slapping spaghetti on the table and being just, you know, a fucking one-year-old, as one-year-olds are. Right. And I looked to the I, – like, I was holding him and taking a video of him while he was doing it, and I said to him, like, who's a bad boy? Because was just, he was just being a little bit of a, a fresh monster. Yeah, a fresh and monster. And I was cute, and we're laughing and stuff. And then later on, I get home, and I play that video back because I was, I was talking to my sister and telling her I had a good time and stuff. And as I was playing the video, right before I say who's a bad boy, there is a clear as shit voice leaned that, that sounds like it's right next to my phone and a voice that is not mine that goes, who's a bad boy? And then within a moment after that, I go, who's a bad boy to, to him? Yikes. And then the video continues on, and I gotta find that video. I it's 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 less than a year old, and oh, I just remember to have it. God, and I remember, that's awful. And I showed my sister, and I'm like, "Do you hear something that wasn't there?" And she listened to, it and she's like, "Oh my god, whose voice is that?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And I we listen hate- to it over and over and over again, and uh, the the voice doesn't belong to myself, my sister, or my dad in I any would way. Love if you find that, please. God, I, I will find it. I swear to you, I'm going to find it. I, I either have it or she does one, one or the other. Um, I actually do. I actually do have like one other weird ass story. I could tell yeah. that now that Go it's ahead. now that it's just ghost story time. You reminded me of it. <laughs> well, it's, not- it, I, it's also like similar to a doppelganger story because it says exactly what I am literally about to say. Yeah, and it's so weird. All yeah, right, this continue. is this this has almost nothing to do with doppelgangers. But now that we're now that we're here, I feel like it's time to tell the story. All right, all right. And it's a weird setup too cuz it's always a weird setup when I'm telling the story. So <laughs> the dude the dude that I'm that I was talking to was a guy that I was sat next to on a plane and I don't know how true this is. This is just purely straight up from when I like what I what just what he said when I talked to him and uh you can bleep this if you think it's going to get me in trouble or not. Okay. I didn't I did not ask this guy if I could tell the story, but this guy said that he was like low key Snoop Dogg's weed dealer. (laughs) Okay. And that his son was on Snoop Dogg's like football team that he has. Like that's his like pet project. Are you aware of this? Okay. I did. I'm not aware of it, but this is a real thing. And I saw like footage. So I like believe that this is a real thing that this guy's saying. 
Uh, but he told me all these crazy stories about like times when he was like banging back in his youth, like all these like crazy like you know gang related stories, like guns and shooting and all this crazy shit. And that was like amazing. I love like when I sit next to somebody on a plane and it turns out to be somebody cool. But the whole reason that we started talking about it in the first place was that he asked me what I did for a living, and I told him I was a YouTuber. Which is like my least favorite thing to do in the yep, world. Yep, I've, I've adapted to telling people I do video production. <laughs> yeah, I tell people I'm a YouTuber and he was like, oh good. And he like started getting his phone out and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Because I thought it was going to be somebody asking me like, my niece does yeah, makeup. You know, yep. how, do, how does she get famous like you kind of thing. But he was literally asking me, how do I upload a video on my phone to YouTube? Which is like, as a YouTuber, something that I know... About that yeah. is not often something that people ask me about. Yeah, no, not not really. Usually, yeah. it's how how can I get famous? I don't usually do tech support, but I was like, well, what's the video? And he was like, yo, it's my grandson. He's like, he lives with me because my daughter died, and I'm pretty sure I have video of her, like talking to him. Oh damn! Yeah, <clears throat> and I was like, can I see the video? Yeah, that would be my, like, can I see that, please? Yeah, so he was telling me how the kids, like, he, he used the word touched, which is an out-of-date word that means the kid has the shining, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, he was basically saying, like, the kid's, like, smart and quiet and he keeps to himself and he, like, talks to things that aren't there a lot and all that good stuff that creeps you out when you talk about kids. Yeah. Um, but he showed me the video, and it's clear from from the Jump Street that the kid loves Five Nights at Freddy's because he... Earlier, the guy was showing me, like, like some, like, the kid likes Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. And so, at the time, I don't know how much you know about Five Nights at Freddy's, but there's... there's More a, than I want to know. But, yeah, yeah, but for those who may not, feel free to... Yeah, at the time... Well, it, basically, it's it's a really shittily designed game where you, like, look indoors. Yeah, <laughs> that jump scare you. Yeah, and, and so, at the time, the famous one was four, and that one is set in a child's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And... He was basically recreating the scene from the game. He was sitting on his bed with the camera facing, like, forward. Do you okay. feel me? Yeah. I, 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 I'm imagining it in my mind. And if, you're, and if, you're watch, and if you watch YouTubers <clears throat> play the game, <clears throat> a lot of the time they count because they are wanting to – they're playing the harder levels of the game and they want to, like, try their strategy for opening and closing doors because you have limited power. And yep. so, you, so you have to count, and, like, everybody has their weird little system for beating this completely bullshit RNG game that sucks and is not well made. But <laughs> if, you watch the, if you watch the Let's Plays, right, like, you'll see people counting. And so that's exactly what he's doing. He's turning the camera to the doors, and he's counting. He's, like, doing it in real life, right? Okay. He's counting from, like, 1 to, like, 25 or something in the video. And I just saw the kid doing that, and that was what the video was. And I was just like, okay, well, that's extremely creepy out of context. You know, and I thought that that's what he was talking about was just like, I knew because I watch YouTube videos that this kid was just like playing Five Nights at Freddy's. Right. But I could see how that would creep on an adult. And so I was like, oh, I didn't want to tell him that it wasn't scary. But then I, then I was like, did you hear it? And I was like, what? And he was like, at 13 seconds. And at 13 seconds, a woman's voice comes in and says, I love you. And then says the kid's name clear oh, as a bell see, that's that's like a creepy grown ass woman's voice like asmr'd into my ear and like whispered it but i know that it couldn't have been somebody because he was clearly holding it to his chest i don't know that's it, that's see that that's 
That's the that's the best evidence we can. It seems most people can get is like disembodied voices that are clearly not coming from anybody that you know is in the room, but are there and you can't explain it. I'm actually yeah. texting my sister right now because I I can't find the video. I know I have it, but I I'm I can't find it right now. Um, damn it, man. Yeah, but anyway, here's to doppelgangers for being that type of paranormal occurrence that's not super sexy that makes you feel weird that's hard to believe a lot of the time but that like if you see you are like instantly convinced is real yep. it's a it's a good time it's a good type of paranormal occurrence that i think people like don't really like get into in a fun way anymore these days if you like this type of thing check out like a like a neat old-timey horror author or like sci-fi author like ambrose bierce get in there don't let creepy things like this die it's really cool stuff that's why i shared it with you guys today pingo pango Pingo, pango, pongo. Yeah, I agree. Don't let this, this – it makes for fascinating, really fun, creepy, creepy stories. Um, and hopefully for the next episode, uh, if I can get the video from my sister, I find it on my own. I'll open it up. I'll open up the next episode with Jesse there with that little recording just to get it going. And uh, hopefully you guys can hear uh, what I heard. And maybe I, maybe you'll tell me I'm crazy, but either way. Ooh, uh, I'm, I'm already, like, creeped out about the idea of hearing it. I don't want to, yeah, like, have heard it's it. Cle- like, it literally sounds like it's right next to the phone. And it doesn't it's, – it's not like it's a far-off distant voice or anything. It's straight up just a voice who belongs to nobody at the table. That's it so was- creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. It was really weird. Um, now, now I'm excited to hopefully show that off on the next episode. But – We'll wrap this little mini episode that's almost as long as a normal episode, uh, but less less a, a deconstruction of a, of a very particular event and more of this is cool and it's tied to a lot of very interesting things. So, Alex, I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm glad we were able to get something out for the people who have been clamoring for more stuff, which is always a big, big compliment. So, I'm thank sorry. you guys. Yeah. No, God, it's not it's no one's fault, man. That's uh, you know Jesse's traveling and there's nothing we can really do about it, but. Hopefully we'll have a a proper episode up uh, for the next one, uh, hopefully within a few days. The next episode, all I'll say about the next episode is that I wanted to pair this episode with another episode we already did back to back. But after having done that episode, my brain was fried and I wanted to hold off a little bit and do something a little less crazy. So it'll be a a tinfoil hat type of episode, guys. As always, if you enjoyed this and you want to talk about it, the uh, subreddit, Chiluminati Pod, is the best way to drop topics, and there's just there's so many people on that subreddit now. It's phenomenal. If you want to tweet at us directly, Chiluminati Pod on Twitter. Um, we are already almost at, I think, 255-star reviews on iTunes, which is Hell bonkers. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, you guys have been amazing uh, for supporting the show for, how again, how young it is. Uh, keep an eye out. We're working on some really cool stuff behind the scenes, and uh, we'll be back hopefully really soon a few days yeah yeah really really soon we'll see you guys later peace bye bye